Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Roden. And as we continue covering how our world is changing because of COVID-19, we're going to have two perspectives on how everyday people's lives are being affected and how the lives of celebrities are different because of the virus as well. Joining me today, this Easter Sunday, are my two co-hosts, Whitney Bronson and Randall Williams, our fellow Hamptonians. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? Yeah, I'm hanging in there, Whitney. <laughs> Randall, what's, what's going on? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain. Just resting on this Easter Sunday, tuning into some, some live services and whatnot. In this episode, we're going to discuss the changes in the lives of high schoolers to A-list celebrities and how the virus has forced all of us to find new ways to adapt and connect. In this segment, we're going to be talking to high school senior and NCAT women's basketball team commit Sean Kelly Darks, a Cincinnati native like our very own Whitney Bronson. And then we're going to discuss the IG Live battles that have been going on among some of the music industry's best rappers and artists. Of course, I've been glued to them. As, as celebrities, too, are having to find new ways to keep the music and information and content flowing to their supporters. Here's some sobering numbers that the Roden Fellows have put together. So far, the virus has infected more than 500,000 citizens in the United States and taken the lives of 18,000, according to CNN. And just yesterday, the United States passed Italy for the most deaths out of any other country in the world. Worldwide, there have been more than 1.7 million cases reported, resulting in over 104,000 deaths. These numbers are just staggering. And one thing people are pointing out that this does not account for people who are dying at home. In this block, we're going to talk to Sean Kelly Darks, who, as we point out, is a Cincinnati native, an Ohio Walnut Hills high school senior, and more importantly, a commit to North Carolina A&T women's basketball. On this Easter Sunday, Sean Kelly has graciously given us a few moments of her time. Sean Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No problem. Thank you for having me. We hope you and your family are staying safe. I just wanted to ask if any of your high school team's basketball season was affected uh, by the virus. So my team actually lost a week before they um, they canceled the tournament, like when they were like, oh, yeah, we're not doing it anymore. So if we would have won one more game, we would have been uh, headed to Columbus for state, and that would have got canceled. And mm-hmm. I know our coach actually said, like, um, we've never gotten to Ohio State to um, play and he was like, if we'd gotten that far and it got canceled, we would have been more hurt than us losing in the round before. But our banquet was canceled. We still have mm. our uniforms, all of that. So we haven't really seen, we haven't seen each other since the loss and then going to school. You've had a little time to let this sink in. And I know that you couldn't have even forecast something like that. As you look back on it, how are you feeling about how the season ended? And do you agree with your coach that you rather lost and not get to Ohio State? than when get to Ohio State and have it canceled. Reflect on how our season ended personally, 
if we would have won, yeah, I feel like I would have been hurt because I would have been like, uh, well, we did this like in vain in a way. Um, like we tried, we got there. But on the other hand, I'd have been happy because at least we got there, even though we didn't get to play in the final games. How has this affected the recruiting process? I know that you've already committed to or go to A&T. Uh, but for some of the other, I know a lot of players really look forward to the summer mm-hmm. to increase their their chances of being recruited or, you know, uh, upping their stock. Uh, how, as you've looked at and talked to other of your friends who are playing, how has this virus affected people's recruiting process? So, yeah, I have a lot of friends who were uncommitted and are now being forced to commit to schools, um, 2020 seniors. So we the showcases for 2020 seniors were in May and um, they're for, being forced to commit to schools they haven't even seen in person or coaches mm. they haven't seen in person. It's all virtual over the phone and that's their only choice to go to school. And then my dad actually owns a basketball organization. So I know all those girls um, who play for my father are pretty upset missing out on the May stuff in April, but hopefully I know they're hoping that people stay inside. So that, uh, AAU basketball continues in July. Um, a lot of my high school teammates, I know they expressed um, how hurt they were that they're like, yeah, their season ended, high school season ended, and most kids go straight into club basketball. And that mm. chance getting taken from a lot of kids and getting scholarships. And I've also seen juniors committing because this is juniors last AAU season and they don't know if they'll get seen again. So they're trying to commit before other kids take that scholarship this is rushing things for a lot of people or making people feel like they're forced to be in a situation that they might not want to be in. Yeah. And I was actually wondering about AAU season. And then I was like, Oh wait, Sean Kelly, she's not a senior. So she's not even playing AAU, but I didn't even think about the fact that juniors feel like they have to commit because they can't play in their final AAU season. That's right. actually really crazy. But um, just to shift gears a little bit, how has the coronavirus affected um, your senior year of high school just in general? So I did CCP, so it's called Credit Plus. I take my classes at University of Cincinnati. So my classes shifted online, um, so I'm still doing that. But I was still around Walnut even though I was doing CCP. So us not having prom, that hurt me a lot because I didn't get to go to prom last year because I was in ba- I was at a basketball tournament. Uh, my dress was like over $600 and it's just hanging up in the closet. <laughs> and I know a lot of other girls are saying that too. I know some say prom is more important to the girls than the guys, but it's important to everybody. And um, that final experience with uh, a school dance with your friends and um, your school community, that's getting taken from you. Well, Sean Kelly, I can most definitely feel your pain because mm-hmm. at Hampton, we have senior ball as well. Huh. And I had already bought my dress too. It wasn't $600 because I'm a broke college student. <laughs> but the fact that I <laughs> bought my dress and now I don't have anywhere to wear it to, right. it's like, it's actually just sitting in my dorm room. I don't mm-hmm. even have it with me here. Um, it, it does kind of hurt because senior ball was actually supposed to take place yesterday. And it's just like... Yeah dang it's, no, it really sting. does hurt it's sting. going back to to uncap what has communication been like between you and your coaches and, and summer training i know that's really important and, and you know getting on campus to learn the campus and you know see where your, your classes are things like that what has the communication been like there so far they've moved everything online for summer session and um i've taken online classes before so 
it was right now. I hope we get to be on campus, even though we're in online, because you're missing out on team bonding, um, getting to know your team. My, we have nine new kids coming in, seven freshmen, two transfers. So that was like a big part of what we were trying to do, be bonded in the summer, to get to know each other in the summer, so that when fall came, it was easier for us. And then about the school part, I know a lot of the other freshmen um, had concerns for right now being an online school as their first college courses, and that they didn't want to start off on a bad note because they hadn't had a college course, especially now it's online, you don't get that instruction. And then also the HBCU culture um, takes place on campus and missing out on that, even though it's in the summer, everyone's not there. It's still like getting to know the school before you're like full fledged in an HBCU, have all these other uh, quote unquote distractions, you'd say, and not doing your work because you didn't get that foundation of um, doing your schoolwork and learning how to do it, um, time management in the summer. Are you going to connect virtually with, with your fellow freshmen? Or have you already done it? Yeah, we have a lot of group chats, and then we FaceTime sometimes. We That's pretty fun. What other schools had been recruiting you? And had you? Uh, and I, I'm assuming you've never been on the A&T campus, mm-hmm. or maybe oh, you have. I've been to A&T's camp. That was my – I kept going back. I've been there like five or six times. That's I have not been to other any other school that much. Who else was recruiting you? Um, University of Central Florida. Um, I had some Ivy Leagues like Penn, um, Columbia, and then I had Ohio, OU, and a couple other schools I can't remember off the top of my head right now. So why did you ultimately choose uh, A&T and the whole HBCU experience? It felt like a family the moment I stepped on campus. Uh, My sister actually graduated from Florida A&M playing basketball. My mom graduated from Howard, but it was never a push for me to go to HBCU. They wanted me to pick what was best for me, and it wasn't even about the HBCU. It was it was felt like a family from the moment I the first time I was there. Every single time I came back, I was just happy to be there. So, how do you feel about what if this goes on a little longer than expected? Um, the possibility of maybe going without sports for an extended period of time longer than the month we've already had it. I, I know it's impacting training um, for a lot of athletes. Um, every room in the city of Cincinnati, I drove around for 45 minutes today looking for a room, couldn't find one, ended up at my grandfather's house in his backyard, just so I could have a rim to shoot on. Um, con- like it's conditioning wise, I run, I do what I can outside, but gyms are closed and it's hard. And then I know my teammates, the older ones who are already um, been on campus they have zoom workouts the freshmen aren't allowed to join because we're not on campus yet so yeah but I know it's taking a toll on athletes training for sure and all the tracks are closed too wow so so have they taken rims down like in the parks yeah I live right next to um North Avondale to school but they have rims up there and they they're gone they just took the actual metal part of the rim they took it off Unbelievable. When I heard about that, I was talking to a recruit in Philadelphia. Uh, same thing. The father was saying, you know, rims are down. You know, they're talking about when sports comes back, but they're seriously talking about uh, having athletes come back with games with no spectators. And uh, I think that's really going to happen. And that, that I think I'm, I'm almost sure 
that when sports mm-hmm. comes back, they're going to come back without spectators and fans. How do you feel about that? I feel like it's not going to be as competitive. You know, um, spectators bring a lot to the game. They bring excitement and um, just a better atmosphere. Me going back to school to play in college is going to feel like scrimmages all the time, right? It's going to feel like you're still in practice, um, even though you're obviously not. And I know North Carolina and TR gym, it has the name Club Corbett. Um, the fans, they come there. I've been in Club Corbett as a spectator as well. And, like, everyone's dressed up and everyone's screaming. And it's just a fun place and a fun place to play, I would say. And just, like, having that taken away for, like, all athletes. It gives you a sense of um, what is the motivation to play your hardest in that game. Like, I know you're trying to win a game, but who's watching you besides yourself? It's just amazing how on March 10th our lives were one way. And March 12th, everything had totally flipped upside down. So there's going to be some changes that we're just going to have to monitor. Our guest has been Sean Kelly Dart. Uh, she was a high school basketball star and a senior, and she's going to be headed toward North Carolina A&T. But like the rest of us, she's kind of taking this one day at a time. Sean, Sean Kelly, hope, first of all, thank you for coming, but I hope you can stay, stay around. We're going to be talking about a really hot topic. We're going to talk about IG Live battles that we've seen across a lot of different social media platforms. So stay tuned. HBCU 468. Uh, we're here with uh, Randall Williams, Whitney Bronson, and we've been graced by the continued presence of Sean Kelly Darks, who's going to uh, stay with us. With everyone uh, at home, and at least everybody should be at home, uh, one of the things that rappers, producers, and R&B singers are doing is going on Instagram Live and other platforms and battling each other in a 20-song format, hits for hits. Now, I think it's cool, and it's also something that could bring a smile to people's faces in these rough times. I'm just curious, uh, to the three of you, who have you guys seen so far, and who are you still waiting uh, waiting on to throw down? So the only one that I actually caught some of was Lil John and T-Pain, and that was a pretty good battle, because, I mean, both of them have hits, and the general consensus, at least on Twitter, was that Lil John won the battle, but... I don't know, like, I'm, I don't necessarily listen to try to see who wins, even though I know that's the point, but I'm honestly just vibing because I love all the music. I think it's, it's really interesting. The Lil John one and, uh, T-Pain one was, was, it was cool. I think the Neo and, and Jonathan Austin one was a lot better. It was a lot more fun, uh, more classical R&B hits. Uh, and I think Jonathan probably won that one in a landslide simply because I think even though Neo is, is great, he had too much Neo in his songs. And the point <laughs> of these these Instagram battles is to uh, play hits that you are a part of, whether it be through songwriting, producing, rapping, singing, whatever it may be. You have to be a part of the collaborative process. Um, and and Jonta just uh, blew it away from me. I'm curious, Sean. I know that a lot of athletes uh, listen to music while they're warming up. I mean, music is a very important part of the ritual. Have you been checking out any of these Instagram battles? And who are sort of the artists you use to pump you up? 
I haven't seen any of the actual battles that you guys are talking about. Uh, maybe I need to get on Instagram more. Um, <laughs> I've missed those. But I've seen, I saw Tory Lanez is live and he had a lot of celebrities on there. And then who did I listen to before the game? I like to listen to uh, Meek Mill a little bit, Drake sometimes. Uh, it just depends on the day, I guess. I just click shuffle, whatever comes up. But let me ask you something, Randall and, and, and Whitney. And, and this kind of gets back to something that uh, Sean Kelly was saying last segment. Just tell me about these battles. I mean, what do they, what do they look like and how do they sound? I mean, part of, for me, it's always been, how something sounds when I go to a concert, and granted, most of what I listen to is jazz, but even when I go to how things sound first, I like to hear instrumentation. So tell me about the, when you see these battles, I mean, tell me how the sound, does it sound good or does it depend on what kind of now, earphones you use? Things, things, I mean, obviously this is all virtual. So the sound quality is going to depend on the host, which was like Neo or Neo or John to Austin. Um, those those are just gonna it just depends on who has the in studio at home uh, and things like that there are some people who have it and there are some people who don't there have been some connectivity issues from time to time but they figure it out relatively quick so uh you can use headphones uh you're never going to get the the sound quality that you're going to get from just pressing play on something on your phone or being at a concert it's not going to be like that just because you're listening to someone else's sound inside of their home which is then being broadcasted uh, but it's pretty cool. Um, just to, now, if you have your own your you have your own sound system at home that you can play through your speakers, then you're going to have a, a lot bigger effect because you can hear the sound all around you. But uh, just through headphones, it's still a lot of fun. Uh, the interaction between the hosts is also really nice too. So it's uh it's pretty interesting. Now, are they Whitney? Are they performing live or they're just playing their old hits? They're performing live. But they're they're also, you know, playing their hits. A lot of them, uh, like Randall said, they have their own sound systems and everything like that. So they kind of just like prop their phone up like right in front of the sound system. So the audience can, you know, see them while they're playing their music and they can still get at least a relatively good audio quality. But to the point, but there's no audience there, right? So this kind of gets back to what we were talking about in the last segment. You guys, you, you see them perform, but there's no audience. But but do you feel, feel the energy? Huh? Technically. Um, technically, there's no audience. You have viewers in the Instagram live stream. So you so at any point in time, I'll use Tory Lanez, for example, because he's had the most pop in Instagram live recently. He's had anywhere from, I want to say, like 300,000 people in the live. And really, the more viewers you have, the more the more pop in your IG live is. So that's that's really the deal there. And then there's a comment section where people can leave comments and You'll have people, you can't really tell how someone's doing based on the comments. You, you can tell how the viewers are doing. So if, you know, someone's, I don't know, doing something that the, the viewers aren't liking, they'll just leave the, the live. Um, but the comment section is always going to be relatively uh, polarizing just because there's going to be people who love it and there's going to be people who hate it. Um, the viewers is really how you tell how, how the, the IG live is doing. So if you, let's say, if you know 500,000 people are watching you, but they're not there, you don't hear them. You don't hear the war of the crowd. You don't hear the shouts, but you know three or 400,000 people are watching you. Does that take the place of energy or will that motivate you? I mean, I personally feel as if it's almost like a vibe type of thing because you're able to vibe with another artist who makes music and they understand the process that you have to go through in order to make that music. So, I mean, yes, there isn't 
that audience connection, but you still get a physical, um, well, not in person, but a physical connection with the other person that you're battling because they understand, you know, how it is to make that music, put that music out and have people enjoy it as much as they do. And even with the comment section, like you can still read the comments and you can still get vibes off of what people say in the comments, even though um, it is difficult to not hear inflection in the voices. So you don't know if somebody's being serious or sarcastic, but I almost feel as if it's like a modern day concert type of thing. Like, you know how some artists do, um, for instance, the Drake versus Lil Wayne tour. This is almost like that, where it's somebody versus somebody else and they're just pulling out their hits and vibing with each other online rather than on a stage. Just curious before we close out, uh, who would you guys, we've been talking about these IG battles. By the way, my, my daughter is going to be working for Instagram. I want, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Instagram. <laughs> Do Instagram. <laughs> but uh, who would you guys like to see battle? Drake and Kanye got it. I mean, it'll never happen because of beef and things like that, but if Drake and Kanye went at it, that would be legendary. It really uh, would. Drake has Drake. I mean, obviously, Drake is probably well, he is the greatest hit maker of uh, last generation and or or last decade. And uh, Kanye has just been on so many different songs, whether it be features, production, rapping. In the twenty-song format, I'll probably give the edge to Kanye, um, just because he's been he's he's been in the game a little bit longer. I think he has a more a little probably more classic tunes, and um, Drake. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything uh, anything far fetched or, or a blowout or anything like that. But I'd probably give it to Kanye eleven to nine. Because you also have to take into consideration the songs that Kanye's just helped produce. Like he might not have even been on that song, and I don't I don't really view Drake as a producer per se. Like he's really just like a straight you know, rapper, artist. So I kind of have to agree with Randall on that one. What, what do you think, Sean Kelly? I know that you're primarily, you know, Sean Kelly's used to playing ball. I mean, that's that's her focus, right? You guys are listening to me. She's playing ball. <laughs> 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 but what do you, is there some artist you like to see, you know, square off? Something going around has been uh, NBA Youngboy, if you guys know who that is. NBA Youngboy and like Kodak Black, but Kodak Black is incarcerated right now and they're just talking about them too like going on live oh together. never never <laughs> never that would only that would only end what that would only end in in threats uh <laughs> nba young boy storming around his house and kodak black returning to his home in the incarcerated jail cell um, <laughs> now, there's you no know way that's real <laughs> there's no way how how authentic would that be there's no way NBA Youngboy is, is. People love his music, but the guy is. I don't even know where to begin. He's not somebody yeah. I would want to see on on IG Live and Kodak. I mean, no. it's like he does six months at his home in Florida, and then he does six months in his cell. It's it's just not. A, I don't think that would be good for anybody. Wow! <laughs> it would get wow. a lot of views. It would get a lot of views. It would. It, it, it would. It would definitely. It would, it would get billions of views. Billions of views. <laughs> It would break all kinds of records. Billions of views. Oh it would be God. the most pointless rap beef of all time. Not even close. I don't think I would tune into that, but I feel as if we haven't really seen a lot of female artists doing, you know, the IG live thing. So I personally wouldn't mind 
seeing something along the lines of a SZA versus Summer Walker type of thing. A lot of people try to compare their music, which their music isn't necessarily like the same to me, but I wouldn't mind saying something like that. Just my personal preference before Randall jumps down my throat is Summer Walker, <laughs> just to be completely honest. Like, I just really vibe with her oh my goodness. more than I do SZA. No, okay, see, no, now, okay, now stop, I'm going to have to bring in Arthur. Nope, nope, Arthur, stop. where are you? Because everybody Arthur Randall is calling everybody, Arthur everybody, from Los Everybody Angeles. stop talking. No, SZA <laughs> is winning this IG Live battle. It's not, it's not even remotely close. SZA has written for Beyonce and Rihanna. What are, what are we talking about here? Well, Arthur, Arthur, say your piece. Arthur has entered the chat, and uh, just going <laughs> off their songs individually, I'd have to go with Summer Walker. I'm with Whitney all the way. Um, I have so much yeah. respect for SZA, and I have her control album in vinyl, and I love it. Um, but that was the past. That was 2017. She hasn't done anything <laughs> for me in the last three years. Whereas oh my over the last two years, Summer's dropped like 30 songs. You know, She dropped two EPs and an album. SZA just hasn't done anything for me. And when you talk about live, in my opinion, SZA doesn't have the best reputation in terms of being okay, a live stop. performer. We're done. Uh, whereas nope. Summer Walker, she's flawless when she's live. No, 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 Arthur. We're done. Okay, on Summer the live Walker, performances so- part, I don't know if I can agree with you on that one, Arthur. Because Summer Walker, she got to work on her stage presence. She really does. She struggles well, a little bit. Hey, but obviously, hey, guys, but isn't that isn't that the advantage? Isn't, doesn't this the, the atmosphere, the Corona's atmosphere? work to summer's advantage. In other words, if you really aren't good live, doesn't this help you? Some people are better studio wait, wait, performers. Wait. So so doesn't this wait, help? Wait, wait. I gotta address That's a good point, Bill. East East just put in our group chat that SZA can't sing. That's not true. I've seen SZA live. SZA can sing, East. So stop coming That's to East Dockery from Actually, a, a, uh, Sean Kelly. That's East Dockery. You're soon to be classmate at North Carolina A&T. It's just throwing some stuff into the game. Yeah, East, stop doing that. Now, back. I'm, I'm back on Arthur. Arthur, Well, wait, on, really man. quick, Randall. I have to agree with you on that one. SZA can sing. I did see her as something in the water, and she did a great job. I know in the past there have been videos that surfaced that, you know, she was struggling a little bit, but, no, she was definitely the herself, at least for me, <laughs> as something in the water. So she can sing. She good. Now, back on Arthur. Arthur, how are you going to have control <laughs> in vinyl and inside with Summer Walker? Just because... Don't even give me a note. She hasn't done anything for me Wait, recently. First of all, I think it's points because he's got vinyl. As, as an old school guy in the crowd, anybody who's got vinyl gets extra points. So go ahead, Arthur. <laughs> no, no, no. Arthur, Summer Walker does not have as big of a hit as... Uh, Broken Clocks. Um, what's the song that Travis Scott loved? The Lord. Laura Walker has um, more hits. Oh my goodness. Oh, okay, Sean Kelly. Okay. And she has the song with, uh, I want to say Maroon 5, Girls Like You. I think they have like number four. No, I think in a, and thank you, Sean Kelly, for jumping on the Arthur. I'm really bandwagon. <laughs> well, as Randall's on an island on his own. Um, I think in like a five to seven song format, I think some, or I think SZA would run away with it. Um, we're talking about 20 songs. I just don't think SZA has the body of work. No. She doesn't have the body of work. I'm sorry. Hey, well, hey, Walker. well, listen, we're no. going to, we're going to, this could go on forever, but it's very least it could go on next week. Since we're trying well, to fill Arthur, the program, Arthur can't we can continue this next week and more of this stuff. We're going to end it there and, and kind of end this uh, discussion with a segment uh, that actually fellows came up with called uh, Bravo Nabro. This is when we take the, the events of the last 
week or day and say uh, bravo because you like it and now bro because you don't like it. So uh, I'm not sure if I have anything strong this week, but I know that uh, Whitney and uh, Randall <laughs> uh, and feel free, uh, Sean Kelly, Sean Penn, but so let's, let's start with Whitney. So Whitney, who's your bravo or now bro? Well, I will say for a nah bro, there have been things floating around on Twitter that about Yaya Mayweather. I don't know if you've seen anything about it, Bill, but um, she stabbed somebody and she oh, could yes. be going right. to prison. So hmm. um, just the whole situation in general, if you've heard about it, that's just my nah bro, because we're not going to even start to get into that. So, yeah. Hmm. Wow. What, what about you, Randall? So my bravo is going to go out to Hampton Twitter. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, a lot of discussions throughout this week on our student leadership program and, and everything like that and the bad atmosphere that sometimes different cliques can bring on campus. And uh, bravo to the people who spoke up about that because I think everyone is a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior. You all feel different types of energy from organizations who think they have uh, some sort of clout when they don't. On the opposite side of things, my nah bro goes out to Hampton Twitter. Uh, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, you control your college experience, uh, and you put people on a pedestal. So whether someone's in an organization, SLP, the student leadership program, uh, the student recruitment team, or they're Greek, it doesn't matter. They're, everybody's a student, and everyone's trying to be successful. So uh, putting someone on a pedestal and then trying to tear them down on the pedestal that you put them on is – come on, guys. The only uh... – Nah, bro, I've got is there the head football coach at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, has talked about. Uh, he said that come September, uh, the fans are going to the, the stadium is going to be filled with fans cheering for Clemson. And I said, Are you nuts? So to Dabo Sweeney, <laughs> I, I get you get a big nah, bro, because you got to be delusional. And uh, Bravo, a kind of tepid Bravo goes to the NBA. They've got a horse, a horse competition that uh, I guess begins Easter Sunday. So bravo in a way of, you know, people are desperate for sports. But then I figure the only people who compete are people who've got gyms built into their home. So again, that kind of underlines this, the class, the class distinction between haves and have not. But, you know, I, I give them a bravo, at least they're trying. Hey, everybody, that's all we've got for today. If there's anything that you'd like us to cover, or if you just want to leave us a comment, tweet us at the undefeated hashtag Roden Fellows. Uh, you can also contact us directly. I'm on Twitter at WC Roden. That's at W-C-R-H-O-D-E-N. And I'm on Twitter at Randall Williams, R-A-N-D-A-L-I Williams. And I'm on Twitter at wit underscore bit 98. That is W-H-I-T underscore B-I-T nine eight. Hey, Sean Kelly, if people want to follow you or reach, how can they do that? Uh, my Twitter and Instagram are both Sean Kelly Darks, S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-Y-D-A-R-K-S. Well, follow her. She has this phenomenal first season at A&T. Thanks for listening to the Roden Fellows podcast. This show is produced by the great Arthur Cribbs holding it down in Los Angeles. Uh, also, special thanks to Tarika Foster-Brasby and the ESPN Digital Audio content team. I'm Bill Roden, and I've been your host. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcasts by subscribing to The Undefeated on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. 
Join us next week for another scintillating HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone, and be safe.